Chapter number 23 of The Queen of Appalachia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Queen of Appalachia by Joe H. Borders. Chapter 23, Angelina's Proclamation. While Paul Thornton was in the meshes of the ruling queen, buried in a dark and lonesome cell without protest, Olivet, in a complete disguise, her face protected by a heavy veil, her father in sight appeared with the Saturday throng on the avenue, in compliance with the plans of Paul and her father. The grand old patriarch walked along with a nervous tread, his cane thumping the asphalt with unnatural impulse, revealing to the veiled figure the condition of her father's mind. Thornton's absence was telling on him, and every few minutes he would look at his watch, all the while growing weaker and more unstrung. His attention was attracted towards the palace, which gave evidence of something going on of an extraordinary character, and he marveled at the vast number of people climbing the marble steps, seeking entrance to the mansion. Even the grounds were dotted here and there with groups of animated humanity, including scores of ladies. The avenue fronting the palace was crowded, a regular Saturday occurrence. But today, the tremendous outpouring was unprecedented, and a number of well-gowned ladies were noticed in the merry throng, so that it was with difficulty the aged and infirm made their way. The venerable father again consulted his timepiece, which indicated that Thornton was nearly an hour late, and he was suffering in consequence. A failure would result disastrously to the old man today, but Paul Thornton's plans rarely ended in smoke. Olivet watched her father's movements closely, and knew he was distressed, but she dared not approach him with words of comfort, though her confidence in Paul was not shaken by the delay. The chimes were striking the hour of three, when Queen Angelina was discovered on the plaza and was walking towards the decorated platform. A large number of guests, including her gorgeously attired court, followed her in train, making a spectacle of magnificent splendor, and she was given an ovation. Seldom does a queen appear before the people in public, and then only on extraordinary occasions, and her presence today was a surprise. A proclamation, whispered the people. The avenue became a solid mass, all eager to see the queen and breathlessly awaiting her message. And when her highness arose and faced the sea of faces before her, stillness reigned supreme. My beloved people, she began, I am sorry to say that an impostor has found his way into our kingdom, a man who claims to be God, but who is neither a God nor even a Christian. Your queen has been publicly insulted by the gross impostor and hypocrite, and he has refused to recognize your sovereign, which is not only ungentlemanly, but unchristian, and the impudence of this smooth-tongued mountebank is alike insulting to queen and kingdom, and to you, my people as well. These charlatans never fail to have a following, and this false Christ has succeeded in turning many heads. I admonish you to be careful. He is an impostor, and a snake in the grass, and would scatter seeds of discord and dissension among us. A short time ago, we all mourned the death of Queen Olivet. Imaginary tears and sobs came into play, and the speaker gave evidence of great grief. This man, who claims to do such miraculous things, has intimated he could produce the living Olivet. But, my beloved people, do not be deceived by such rank nonsense. He might produce someone bearing a resemblance to our dead queen, as jugglers do, but I warn you to beware of deception. We are a prosperous, intelligent, and withal a happy people who believe in God, the Father Almighty, and we should trample under our feet dangerous doctrines that spring up through base impostors. I thank you. 
My friends, began the well-known voice of the so-called usurper as he climbed to an elevation right in the heart of the queen's audience. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Neither kings, nor queens, nor rulers, nor the devil and all his angels and archangels are able to crush out truth. When your royal speaker, the so-called queen, had bound and chained the man who now speaks to you, when she thought I was imprisoned and securely locked to the dungeon floor, she concluded it was a good time to send you a proclamation of warning and thought it required the delivery in person. When I said in public that I could produce Olivet, the queen of the Appalachians, I spoke truly, and I stand here ready and willing to perform that simple service. What say you, her people? Go on, was the reply from a thousand throats in thundering tones. Queen Olivet, thou persecuted woman, whose throne has been usurped by another, the same who would have sent you to your death, I say unto you, Queen Olivet, come forth. The awful silence that followed the command was indescribable. Queen Angelina stood in her place on the platform, pale and breathless and trembling like a murderess. I come, said a sweet voice from the center of the crowd. Queen Olivet had torn the veil from her head, and the people gave way for her as she approached Paul, and when she reached him and stood by his side in plain sight of the great concourse of people, a mighty cheer went up from the vast multitude. Paul raised his hand and quiet was restored. Friends and neighbors, this is a glorious moment for me, when I am permitted to appear before you once more, and to look unto the smiling faces of my loving countrymen. She spoke softly, but was distinctly heard. I am glad to be with you on this gladsome day, and though my crown is worn by another, I assure you the loss is as nothing compared to my happiness in seeing you all again. When she had ceased speaking, another cheer that made the ground tremble was given in enthusiasm when her aged father made his appearance and embraced the happy Olivet. My friends, all eyes were turned towards Queen Angelina. My friends, repeated she, you have witnessed a tragedy, and I have nothing but compliments for the actors, for the excellence manifested in the several parts. They are born tragedians. No doubt the scene seems realistic to many of you, as it does to the venerable patriarchal father, and you think our beloved Olivet stands before you in all her regal beauty. But spectacular scenes are deceptive, as I shall prove to you. Thank God I am prepared to show you how easy it is to be deceived. Let me introduce to you another living Olivet, as truly the dead queen as the one now leaning on the arm of Olivet's father. Queen Olivet, in mockery of Paul... I command you to come forth. Queen Angelina waved aloft her wand three times, and the young lady, known to the reader and to Paul as Miss Arnold, Olivet's double, clothed in regal costume, came to her side, when the hundreds of guests surrounding the queen sent up a mighty cheer. The audience looked on in amazement. A murmur went through the crowd, as if carried by an electric current. Men shook their heads, and the masses stood with open-mouthed wonder. Even Paul was unhinged for the moment until the truth dawned upon him. Queen Angelina and her courtly attendants quitted the platform at once, and she was seen ascending the steps arm in arm with Miss Arnold, the guests remaining on the plaza as if waiting further developments. A very clever farce, spoke Paul at last, but truth is mighty and will prevail. What says the father? said he, turning to Olivet and her loving father. Friends, louder, yelled the people, and neighbors. 
This is my beloved daughter, the late queen crowns, and the thrones dwindle into insignificance when they and my little girl are placed in the balance, his hand on her uncovered head. Praise God from whom all blessings flow, chanted Paul, and the vast audience shouted, Amen, in chorus. End of chapter 23. Recording by Astronomy.